0: you come to know that you are connected, you're interconnected with everything and you're defined by nothing. And when you can really embody that and anchor that, then you can go to any church and receive the truth and and filter out what's not true. And as well as, you know, go to a mosque, go, go to the earth, go to a tree, because they're all simply an invitation to take us deeper into our own connection with the divine
1: welcome to the school of higher consciousness i am your host dr gina and in this school we will be exploring the parts of life we didn't learn in actual school the stuff that matters the stuff that helps you heal and live a more dropped in vulnerable and authentic life i invite that higher version of you to join me in this podcast as we demystify and normalize truths in our world that often live in the shadow All right, let's do this. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode on the School of Higher Consciousness. My name is Dr. Gina, and today we are sort of doing a follow-up to episode 25, which was all about masculine and feminine energies, and just introducing that Energy polarity dance that exists within us and the world around us. So, if you are interested in learning more about that, definitely check out episode 25. But today, we are honing in on that feminine energy. We're taking it five, 10 steps further and really looking at and evaluating what this full spectrum of feminine energy is all about. And we don't just stay there. We talk about what universal religion is, higher consciousness. Annabelle is literally a powerhouse. You're going to hear her passion. You're going to feel her passion come through. And she's been doing this stuff for over 15 years. She knows what she's talking about. And you can tell that she lives it. And that moves me into what she calls herself, which is an embodiment mentor. So when you really live something, when you embody something, you are that. It's a part of you. And so as an embodiment mentor, she helps women really embody who they are in their core essence of self, who their soul is really is. And she helps bring that out in them and allows them to really step into it, live it, embody it. She also calls herself a womb shaman. When you think about what a womb is, right? It's where we gestate life not just in the form of human life. She talks about it's where we just state our creativity, our projects, our new ideas, anything that we want to give birth to that's going to help advance ourselves, society around us. And we just feel the desire and drive to bring to the world. So that comes from our womb and shaman is healer. So she's a womb healer. So anything that Uh, is being birthed or gestated within a woman, or really you could say a person, she helps facilitate that process. And I know if you are a man, you might be thinking, uh, this episode is definitely not for me. Like, And I would say, nope, that's absolutely the farthest thing from. (laughs) You have women all around you in your life. So if you want to know what your what the women in your life's full potential is, just listen to today's episode. She's fiery and yet soft, and she knows when to turn that on and when to not. And that's what I feel a lot of our feminine energy has the ability to do is when we uh, mature into ourselves, especially with age, but not always we have the ability to turn on that softer side of us and then fiercely protect our young and ourselves when we need to also. So that whole essence of femininity spans an entire spectrum and masculinity does also, and I will do a future episode on that at some point. But I think that the theme that continues to arise in the collective around us, and we heard from Laura, is that we've forgotten the feminine. We've put it on the back burner. We put so much uh, awards into when people are making progress in the typical masculine way in the world and not necessarily when people are leaning heavy into their femininity, And before we go into my conversation with Annabelle, I wanted to share something quite interesting. Annabelle didn't share this with me, but I found it on her website. So it is information for everyone. Um, You know how everyone has a story and some people's stories are more inspiring or interesting than other people's. I find Annabelle's story to be incredibly inspiring. So it was in 2009 after she had a massive crisis. She had a divorce and she had a son at the time too. Um, Business bankruptcy and just like a ton of debt. She was forced to kind of look at the way she had been living her life. And she said in her own words on her website that she had just been leading life and not truly living it. And I can really understand that difference, especially when we talk about masculine and feminine energies, right? When you're living and embodying a way of life, you get the full uh, meaning, you get the full experience of what that feels like. And if you're just leading life, you're kind of leaning heavy into that masculine. It's like, uh, what do we need to do? Let's control it. Let's get us ourselves there. And she asked herself this one question, and it just gives me the willies. What will I teach my son about what is valuable for a fulfilling life? It was that question that led Annabelle to remembering and healing on a deeper level. She found herself studying Ayurvedic medicine, womb shamanism, gene keys, somatic psychotherapy, epigenetics, and concepts of quantum studies. I don't know about you guys, but it's people like Annabelle that always add a little bit more pep into my step and meaning into my day when I encounter them. So I hope she can do the same for you. Without further ado, I share my conversation with all of you. Thank you, Annabelle, so much for having this conversation with me today. Thank you for the invitation. (laughs) I want to educate my listeners on a variety of different healing modalities and techniques that can help people grow heal and reach higher states of consciousness. When I came across you on your Instagram account, and I just saw the passion that you have for women, it was like ding, ding lights went off in me. And I wanted to hear from you. I wanted to know more. So the first question I have for you is what does higher consciousness mean to you? And then we'll go more into the work that you do specifically with women, but what does higher consciousness mean to you?
0: Well, thank you for the invitation. And I'm so glad that uh, that higher consciousness has brought us together. And
1: we can Absolutely.
0: This conversation. So for myself, you know, higher consciousness, really what it means is, is uh, having the ability to access the quantum field, you know, having and and that can be interpreted in so many different ways. It could be the divine mother, Christ consciousness. Um, anything that allows us to really expand our horizons, that allows us to grow above and beyond the limitations that are placed through our experiences. So for me, that's
1: higher consciousness mm-hmm. in a in a little nutshell. <laughs> I love that take on it. I did see a post that you had put, I think actually today, about Christ, Buddha, all of the different religions. It's more like there's a universal religion. Right. Like, how can you speak to how you came to that place where you were like, aha, actually, it's not just one way. It's all of these ways. How did you get there? And what does that really look like and mean to you?
0: Yeah, I love that question. And thank you for asking that, because um, sometimes I get, you know, even from my Instagram account, like, Your content is confusing. Are you religious? Are you spiritual? Are you like, what are you? Are you a (laughs) feminist? What are you? And, um, you know, I feel like in my own journey, uh, the beginning, I I studied, I went through a lot of religions when I was younger, um, because I was looking for that higher consciousness. I was looking to connect to God. I wanted to find God. So I went through various religions. And at one point, I could really feel the truth in them. And then, as time went on, it, it sort of became like seasonal, like where it was like, okay, this isn't this isn't nourishing for me anymore, because it was a, a bit weighed down with the dogma, right? Mm-hmm. And and sort of felt limiting, even being in a woman's body inside of these religious um, structures. So I began to dive into more of the quantum field, of more of the um, you know the the universal. Um, aspect the eastern traditions the all these different lineages including like the alchemy the old alchemical traditions and esoteric wisdom so I've kind of had a very full spectrum of knowledge of uh, religion and one of the things that was very close to me and kind of kept coming back and you know, for your listeners who are on their own journey, you know, there's these themes that keep returning. And one of them for me was the Catholic Church, you know, it constantly kept somehow making its way into my life, whether through priests or none that I would randomly meet. And so I felt a sort of kinship um, with that with that. And what happened was, as I dove in into the womb shamanism, which is um, uh, earth based, uh, life-giving principles, when I dove into that, did my apprenticeship and and taught for this mystery school for of the feminine, what I began to see was the thread started to weave everything together. You know, so it was pieces of the esoteric wisdom of this quantum field, new science of, you know, the of religion, of all these things really were saying and pointing to the same thing, which was so the, 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 the holiness, almost like this, the realization I came to was that religion had forgotten that it was supposed to be a love affair with a God, mm-hmm. you know, and created all of these expectations, you know, and, and rules. And of course, moving us out, of our own connection to the divine and becoming a broker of the divine. And so for me, I really see all of these different things as tools, as ways, as brokers of the divine that can serve us in a certain aspect of our path. But when you dive in deeper and you begin to see, um, you, you know, you begin to refine your ability to recognize the patterns, to recognize that, that wisdom to connect to your own inner wisdom, you realize that all of the, all of these things are simply facades for what is really behind that at the core, which is our connection to God, to God consciousness. And so for me, they're all just different languages that we use. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and specifically you're, you're referencing a post from Manly Hall. um, That was a quote that I, that I posted or an excerpt of his work. Because that feels so true for me, that as a true initiate on the embodiment path, you come to know that you are connected, you're interconnected with everything, and you're defined by nothing. And when you can really embody that and anchor that, then you can go to any church and receive the truth and and filter out what's not true. And as well as, you know, go to a mosque, go, go to the earth, go to a tree, because they're all... simply an invitation to take us deeper into our own connection with the divine.
1: Mm. So I was raised Catholic and I had a mother who had been divorced in her earliest years and she was still Catholic and the Catholic church actually doesn't approve of divorce or they don't allow you to get communion or whatever it is. And I remember I was like, well, then why do you get communion? And it was almost like she taught us to be the rebel in the right way. It was like, no, I'm still gonna be connected to God. I don't care what they say. I'm still gonna have my, you know, connection here. So I was able to see beyond that dogma from a really early age because I kind of watched her break the rules and like walk to the beat of her own drum and how she connected with God. Mm, bless
0: her. Bless yeah. her for that. You're very lovely. Yeah. Very it's a blessing to be able to see that um at a young age because it does shift the way that you approach things, you know, um, so many people who are are seeking a deeper spiritual life, um, sovereignty, sovereignty, life, you know, uh, turn away from religion, because of all of the red tape, you know, mm-hmm. in it, and then begin to really think like, okay, well, that's not, that's not true. And really discard all of it, you know, rather than, actually seeing everything is flawed because everything is human, everything exists in a world of duality in this physical world. And there's many agendas and power struggles and ways of controlling people. But really, when we turn around and take responsibility for our own selves, we can see that finding God lives within and the ultimate temple is the body, the ultimate worship should be to the body. But because we are um holographic beings we understand by seeing things you know and this is what um one of the things I I talk a lot about is having deities having statues having an altar all of those things are beautiful because they remind us but ultimately it's a reflection of what lives inside of us so when I am worshiping um the Virgin Mary, you know, I am worshiping her essence that is alive in me. And that probably means that I need more qualities of the Virgin Mary to be highlighted in my own journey. And I think that that's the beauty of about being able to see beyond, you know, and and to, to see beyond all the the dogma and the red tape is that you get to connect to a truth that is is simply alive in you, you know, you don't need somebody to tell you, like, you're a good person, God loves you, you know, because it's it's like, no, you have your own relationship Mm -hmm. with God. And it's so beautiful, Gina, because for me, for myself, I can truly say like, I, I trust my relationship with God so deeply that I know I cannot make a mistake. Because when I make a mistake, I am Quickly brought into alignment. You know, so there's a freedom inside of that because some sometimes we're so scared of doing the wrong thing and it creates all this confusion, you know. And, and so when you begin to really um anchor that relationship, you understand that no matter what, you're always loved, you're always worthy, you're always guided. And all you can do is what's in front of you and trust that that's leading you to the next step. So it's a really beautiful way to bring us into the present of wow, I am such an incredible, amazing God force. And also I'm a very vulnerable human being, you know? So it's almost like it marries the the human and the divine. And I always say it's like having that human mastery with the
1: divine mystery. That for me is embodiment. Mm -hmm. So you had said that you help women embody their feminine power through reconnecting to their womb. Can you talk more about what guiding women into embodiment means and then touch on the reconnecting to the womb piece also?
0: Yes. Thank you. Um, well, it's, it's this it's the same and it's really tied into what we've been talking about mm-hmm. because one, I, I really believe that as women, and, and of course this is for all genders and, My, um, my specific work is more with women. So I always speak to that womanhood that that, um, that woman essence. And for me, you know, woman, really one of the way one of the reasons why we feel um, out of our power is because we've lost the connection with that with that deeper spiritual guidance, you know, and so For me, when I when I work with a woman and we work on kind of getting her back into that remembrance, because I say this often, I I don't say anything new. I don't teach anything new. I'm simply saying it. and, And the other person is really becoming aware of it, you know, because it's already in our bones. It's in our bodies. We already know all this stuff. It's simply we have forgotten. It wasn't taught to us. It wasn't passed down. And so it's a journey more so of of recovery, of remembrance. And so that's kind of the guidance back into the power of realizing where we come from, why we're here, you know, and why each of our unique missions on this planet is so important. And of course, I utilize the womb wisdom because the womb um, is its more than just simply the organ, the womb. I'm speaking into a womb consciousness, and you can call this Christ, Christ consciousness, mother consciousness. And really what it is, is anchoring the principles of life. As an example, the womb for me really in a, in a woman, it represents a very, very vivid example of what... What happens when we allow spirit to step through us into the world? So we make the unseen seen through that portal. So it's like a spirit portal, and um, like a creation portal, right? And as well as also a rebirth portal. And so for me, this is why it's so important that a woman really gets to connect to that power, because now she has the ability to understand that within her lives the power to make things die and to make things live. And that's so important, because Our bodies mimic nature. And if we see nature, we were speaking of seasons earlier. And a woman's ebb and flow is nature. You know, throughout our month, we go through four phases of, of, you know, every single month. And you can. Uh, mirror that into the seasons of, of on earth. So, it, you know, we go through a period where it's spring and summer and fall and winter. And there's an aspect of us that because we have been cultured out of our power and condition out of our power, we have forgotten that these seasons are so natural for us. And so we're always trying to live in summer, or we're always trying to live in spring. You know, so we don't we don't honor the aspects of us that actually create and gestate the life that comes alive in spring and summer. And so that's for me. I mean, I believe like woman's body and just being is such a magical wonderland and such a powerful place, um, because I also do believe that women hold a very special. Uh, leadership within themselves that isn't the leadership that is out there now that we see, you know, but we are leaders of our communities, leaders of our home, leaders of our children, leaders of our projects. And so a woman's womb, her creative power is not simply just to birth children. That is a very physical thing that we can see, but we can also gestate and we can also birth projects, books, books you know, um, things for the community. So for me, that's why I'm like, so passionate about this, because I'm like, can we imagine a world where a woman understands her power in this way? And also, like everything power can be corrupt. So you know, the most important thing is having that spiritual connection, because what do I do with all this power that I know that I have? you know, it's very easy to manipulate that as well. So having it serve love, having it, you know, asking yourself, what is my power serving? What is my existence serving? That's such a huge aspect, because once you get clear with that, and you know that you can trust that. And and so many for, for women at uh, a thing that I see a lot, and even this was for myself, is the lack of self trust, you know, we're always doubting, am I doing the right thing? Should I give them a chance? Should I help this person? You know, because we see so much, we see the potential, you know, we see all of these things, but when they're not rooted in that power, then we're simply open hearts that don't have boundaries, you know, that are depleted, that are over giving all the time. But when we connect that to the power of the womb, we put ourselves first, not out of selfishness, but out of an understanding that when we are full, we overflow. And naturally, I've never really met a woman that isn't in her overflow and isn't. I'm going to create this nonprofit. I'm going to go you know, volunteer mm-hmm. with this project because it's so natural for us to be care, caretakers and tending to, to our world, you know, we're always kind of concerned, like, oh, what's happening for them? How can I help them? You know, and, and, and so for me, that's why I feel like it's this subtle leadership, this subtle power that is the most powerful.
1: So when you see women who are drawn to your work, who could benefit from your work, what types of qualities are they dealing with? Is it anxiety? Is it depression? Is it confusion? What type of person do you feel you most benefit and and why? Mm -hmm.
0: So uh, it's it's very paradoxical because the type of women that are called to my work are very different and from different Mm -hmm. avenues of life. You know, I couldn't really categorize all of them under one thing. Um, But the 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 general consensus is that. They are either uh, women who have been out of their power, who have been in relationships that kind of took over them and they lost themselves in that. And they're kind of coming back into the world and and finding like, you know what, what about me? You know, and I kind of sick of like not having boundaries. And and so I would say like women who are wanting to strengthen their backbone in the world, you know, Mm -hmm. their backbone with themselves. And then the, I have women in leadership who are very driven, who are very goal oriented, who have achieved it all and are looking to soften, you know, that are looking to say, you know what, I did all this in the world and, and there's still something in me that that's longing for a soft space. When, you know, when is it my turn to relax? When is it my turn to, you know, so it, so it's, it's these qualities and And I love that because for me, um, if you've been reading my stuff, you know, I, I talk a lot about being a full spectrum woman, you know, and ultimately for me, uh, a woman is her most powerful when she's in her softness, you know, and I don't mean softness as weakness, but softness as mature, softness as You know, responsive, not reactive. And so a a woman who's attuned with her ebbs and flows, you know, and who can be fierce if she needs to defend her, her kin, her children, you know, herself, and also who can be that guidance, you know, not the director, not the controlling, but rather guide from a place, you know, an inner place of knowing. And so that's, and this is why I get those messages, like my, am, who am I, what am I, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> because Sometimes you'll see me, you know, being at these like financial events and, you know, and kind of being like, we could do this, let's go. And then at the same time, I love just sitting in front of my altar and praying and having like overnight prayer vigils, because I do believe that this is the full spectrum of women. That's why we sometimes feel like we're too much but we are too much. And there's nothing wrong with that. We are too much in a world that doesn't make space for us. And so it's our job to own that. So we can ground that and create the space and say, okay, well, I'm too much for you, then then, you know, you move over you, you know, Give me some space then, (laughs) because that's and and so I and another thing is like, I really do believe like the, you know, as one woman heals and it's easier for the next and one generation stands in the shoulders of the previous one. And so for me, we're all interconnected, like our wombs are all having a conversation. And the more wombs that become awake to the power into that conversation, the more powerful that we become on the planet Mm -hmm. as far as. Uh, bringing forth new ideas, new ways of doing things, you know, and, and really being and we're all needed in different places. Some of us are needed in the boardroom, some of us are needed in the home, some of us in the field, you know, so it it, we all have that's the beauty of it. We're all a different color of the tapestry. And we're all needed in order to weave that beautiful um, tapestry of creation.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you talk about remembering, you talking about, you talk about healing these generational traumas in a way and waking up to this power that's within our womb. Um, Can you talk about the process of what you mean by healing? Like, how would you say somebody actually goes about healing in terms of the work that you embody, that you propose? Healing is returning
0: to wholeness. That's what it is for me. Um, And the way that I see it, the way I've experienced it, the way that I teach it and facilitate it is that healing happens when we remember the deeper truth, you know, in every situation, in every circumstance, there's a process that has to happen for that, you know, because we can't bypass, you know, and that's the kind of the seductive aspect of it. Like, oh, everything's good, I'm good, everything's well, you know, and, and deep down, you're still not over it. And it's just resentment building and, and all of those things. And so generationally, we have been passed down a lot of genetic, a lot of trauma, epigenetic trauma, um, lack, you know, persecution, so many things that are alive in our in our bodies. And they're, they're creating circumstances and experiences in our lifetime that are asking us to go deeper, that are asking us to remember the deeper truth so that we can shift the narrative. And so for me, the healing really does happen when you reconnect to the God source and you understand that that is an aperture for greater light to move through you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I've, I've said since I was younger, before I even got into any of this, is like, you know, our, our jails are so filled with potential, you know? And because I really believe that like the more things that like you're bad or bad things happen to you, there's a reason for that, you know? And, and of course there's terrible things and, and I'm not taking away from any of that. Yet when we take that responsibility to say, you know what, this happened to me, but my God is bigger. This happened, this, this truth is bigger. It allows us to grow bigger than what happened, bigger than that story and turn that story into medicine, you know? And so for me, many times, I, I, I feel like that it's almost like this medicine cabinet that we have within us. And, you know, when you're, When you um, there's some like medicine that you steep for months, you know, you put it in a dark uh, cabinet and you let it sit there and and it's going to be ready in two, three months, you know, so no light hits it. And for me, that's kind of our process as well. It's like if we can be with the process, if we can move through that darkness and not avoid it, not hide from it. Then eventually what happens is that it steeps us in this medicine and that's what we become for the world. That's what our story then becomes. It's a story of of recovery, a story of remembrance, you know, it gives another hope. You become kind of like a lighthouse for others versus when we get um, constricted and we get frozen, you know, and we really don't live because all of this pain and these traumas hold us hostage. And I believe like that uh, those things happen and we can be held hostage by it, or we can be liberated through it. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's my approach to it. And for, for myself, you know, enough, there's, there's so many bad things that happen in this world. There's so many evil things that happen in this world, you know, and, and so for myself, like everybody has a very unique healing process, but the healing is the return to wholeness. It's almost like when we're born, we're born with this beautiful innocence, but that innocence is gullible. And so it's shattered by the reality, it's shattered by the experience of life. And now the journey becomes to return to the innocence but with wisdom not with that gullibility that we came into it with and that's where we become that fountain that overflow for others because we we were not defeated by it you know and 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 so that yeah that does so that answer that? <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. It's so it's so great. So I want to go back to the conversation around the universal religion. And I oftentimes feel it's, it's a way to separate people rather than bring people together. What comes up for you when you, when we talk more about religion being more separating than it is connecting? Does anything come up for you when I speak? Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, that is the truth. In many ways, it's been designed that way. You know, it's been designed to create different sects of people that don't know how to communicate. And it reminds me of that story of the Tower of Babel, right, where everybody starts speaking different languages. And so the tower never gets built because they can't communicate. And so for me, that is what we're in. You know, we're all having a conversation, but we're not understanding each other's language. And mm-hmm. so it becomes more of uh, taking it back from the external and into the internal and 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 uh, and becoming curious of, okay, so if this is the story that that's saying, ultimately are we getting lost in the details? because mm-hmm. for me, really all all people who are in really devoted to their faith, they believe in in their God, you know, they believe in their faith. And that's why they practice. And that's why they're fierce about it, because they have a set of beliefs that they've um, chosen, and that protects them in many ways. And so to kind of come into the space of universal, um, you know, universal, universality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What happens is that we kind of dissolve those walls, you know, we let so all of those walls that were between us we we crumble them and we let right. them come down so that we're able to see yeah it's so important to honor other people where they are and where they you know to have um that com- compassion but true compassion of understanding that we're all seeking that that return and that merging with the beloved that return and that merging with god you know and we're all going to have different ways to go about it yet it's not for us to impose on anyone else what that looks like or what that is, but to become the living invitation into the sacred. You know, and I, and I say this often, it's like, it's not about preaching what you believe. It's not preaching about, it's about you living, and this is embodiment, that that spiritual embodiment is a living proof. It is, you're living it in your everyday life, and then people become curious about So what is this thing that you believe in? Because you're, you know, you're, you're acting this way, or you deal with things this way. What is that? And so that's where the true conversation begins, because that's when people put down their walls, and they're actually available to the conversation. And so one of the powerful things that I feel has happened for me, a shift that I had was not convincing anyone of anything, you know, Mm -hmm. simply, sharing being and i don't need to convince anyone because if they're deaf to what i am saying it's not the time for that yet you know and really trusting that yet as a woman i really do believe that we have a richer spiritual life because we are co-creators with the divine you know we are able to commune in a different texture. And so then it becomes even more important for us to, to learn what are the ways that work for me? What is the faith that I want to embody? What is the way that I want to move in the world? So that that is it's like your testimony, your showing up for God in the way that you feel is what's for you. Mm -hmm. And so, and everything else is simply a tool. It's simply, you know, a dinner party that you can go and you can enjoy, but you don't, you're not defined by any of those external things. For me, I'm with the person and we're, and with a God loving person. And of course, not everybody's open to that because for some people, you're the enemy if you're not in their, um, you know, in, in, in their dogma yet um, that's, that's okay too, you know, because we all have our process and, and that's an aspect of that divine timing of like refining ourselves, you know, really um, learning who we are, what are we here to create? And, and then everything and the external will shift accordingly to that.
1: And also trusting that it may not be their path. Exactly in this lifetime, yeah. it's not our job. Yeah, we just need to yeah. live in it's, what and, feels most true You know, and
0: who knows, Gina? Maybe they have it figured out, and we don't. <laughs> right, right. You know, I I'm open to it, all that as well. You know, right. Well, there's an aspect of like like that this this arrogance that happens when it's like we think we know what's best and, and that we may know, and we will know what's best for us, Mm -hmm. but we don't know what's best for someone else, you know? And so that's, and that, again, that's where that compassion and true compassion comes in to say, I don't know your life experience. I don't know your background. You know, I don't know your ancestors. I don't know what you're here to do. And so I can't be worried about that. I can only offer what comes through me And, and then trust that whoever is going to benefit from that sacred fountain is going to find it
1: and Mm -hmm. it's going to want more. Mm -hmm. So for people out there who are more atheist, like Mm -hmm. the people out there who are atheists and they may reference the universe or Mm -hmm. source. I mean, it's my feeling that these people are connected to God. They just call it source or the universe? Is that also where you stand on things?
0: So, you know, for, for me, I feel like I've never really dove into what, what an atheist believes, because it's never been an, a, like a curiosity of mine. Sure. Um, I do hear, I, you know, I have a, a friend who is a scientist and she does not believe, you know, in, in, you know, she it's kind of laughs at me when I talk about things. And I also laugh because when I hear her talk about the universe and talk about life and talk about all these things, that's exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. And again, it's having the different language, right. you know, and for some people, it's what we need for her. She needs more of that scientific understanding and breaking down of things, you know, and so, and, and we're all fed by different um, aspects of it. And something that's really beautiful now is that, you know, a lot of the like quantum physics is that's what this is. It's bringing forth this very alive, creative energy that exists, you know, like that, that void that isn't empty, you know, but it's, it's very alive. And so it's really beautiful to see how now it's, it's beginning to weave closer together. And I think, um, you know, this is a whole other subject. But one of the things that happened earlier, and I this is why I think it's important to understand where we come from, you know, as humans, is because when back in the Greek times, you know, there was a separation of church and of, science. And so that was a deliberate thing that was done that separated science and separated religion. And so they became two very different paths that at one point were together. And so that's what when when I'm speaking of union, you know, that's one of the things that I feel is coming back again. So now we're weaving these myths and these legends with science, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and so some people are more are going to be more called towards you know that path and 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 i and i do see like how now it's coming together because i i love quantum physics i love all that and yet i understand my god in the in the sense that i do And so I do believe we're all speaking the same language in that sense, the same essence in a
1: different language. I agree. I agree. And I just I really liked what you said about are we becoming too detailed? Are we focusing too much on the details? Because when you zoom out, you zoom out, you zoom out, you zoom out a greater just like an energy less definition more of a just a beingness emerges and people just exist as we are and when we talk about just existing as we are we're all one we're all doing the same thing so yeah I do think that we can get in our own way when we try to define things and then I mean if you ever do uh you question people who uh practice their dogma it it seems that they they might be able to regurgitate a lot of the information, but it almost feels like they're more historians than they are living this knowledge that just doesn't translate to today because it happened so long ago like we evolve, we, we shift. That's the one thing that's constant, you know, is change. So we have to find a way to flow with evolution. And if we're always just trying to bring everybody back to the original books that were written, I feel like we're going to do what Trump was trying to do. (laughs) And Sorry if like, You know, I'm not trying to offend anyone here, but like bringing back what America once was, it's like, sure, there's some principles to bringing some ethics back into what we were doing or we had done that we maybe have lost. But to bring things back to what they were is just, it's impossible. We have to flow with where evolution is bringing us. Right. And you, I mean, you're speaking into
0: that evolutionary impulse that is in, in the, in the human being, right. And as a collective and also a personal evolution. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I really, I feel like there is so much that we can learn from the past, you know, that there there's, we can learn about mistakes. We can learn about what worked, what didn't work. And it's almost like, bringing, keeping those things that work and releasing those that are too heavy to move into the next phase. Because another aspect of that is that if we disregard everything that's been done before us as like, oh, well, that doesn't serve because we're here now, you know, there's an aspect of immaturity that that can surface of like, OK, now we're starting from scratch. And why? Why do we need to do that when well, we can we can honor some of the ancient ways that were there and work and be able to create freshness through that? You know, so I think a lot of times uh, those older structures, they crumble because of their rigidity. They're not able to evolve as like what you're speaking into. Right. So they're they' They become stale. It's like anything. It's like a, a pond of water. If it doesn't have movement, it's going to create you know nasty stuff and mm-hmm. so that's kind of what happens with that and so for me the the ultimate would be that we're able to see those things as references we're able to reference that as archetypal journeys as archetypal wisdom that we can bring into the now and move it forward through us and and I do believe that each one of us is a contribution to that new narrative to that evolutionary impulse so the more of us that are actually going inward and really connecting to our source we begin to receive that information okay I am here to serve in this way and we stop looking around at what everybody else is doing and we focus on like what is my unique contribution to the world because we're all not we're not all here to be the same thing Mm -hmm. you know and and so there's a there's an aspect of honoring that the the traditions that have been and as well as allowing the flu, the fluidity to freshen them up you know mm-hmm. to kind of bring them uh forth in a new way
1: mm-hmm. yeah no I, I that makes a lot of sense because there is a lot of art and solidity to what has been working for a long time and we have to keep that alive and take it with us as we move forward
0: yeah and mm-hmm. it, you know it's sort of that like the wisdom right bringing yeah. that wisdom uh, forward and and that's a lot of what the lineage work is is to mm-hmm. realize that it wasn't just you know all this Fucked up stuff. that are hidden both, but there was a lot of gifts and dreams that were there as well, and that can come to our support, can come as a courage to keep us to help us move forward in the journey that we're in because it's not an easy journey, right. you know. And so, the more support that we can feel and have access to, it's only going to serve us, you know. And so, yeah, it's it's really fascinating, like the whole religion. Thing of you know and and also its origins, you know, I'll I'll share this with you. I through the through the Catholic Church, you know, I really, I, I see so many of the rituals that you find in Catholic uh, religion come from pagan roots. You know, they were, they were pagans' ways of worshiping the feminine and the mother. And and so they're, you know, and and so it's interesting to see going to Mass and going through these rituals that are there that were originally pagan that have pagan roots and we're worshiping the mother, you know, and it's like, here we are working, like drinking the body of, you know, the blood of Christ. And it's like uh, all the menstrual mysteries that live within that as well. So that, and that's what I see. That's what I'm, I'm referencing when we can see beyond because there's a veil over us, you know, that doesn't allow us to see past those details, past those, you know, facts, we all want to know why, yet the mystery doesn't work that way. The mystery is always this elusive invitation to go deeper, you know, to, to find out for yourself, really, Mm -hmm. you know, and to come to your own conclusions and your own weavings and musings, and then gather with others and share them and, and see what, okay, so this is, you may have a, you have a a very important piece. I have an important piece. And what if we bring those together, you know, and what can we move forward, but still honoring what has come before us as well.
1: Mm -hmm. What would you say caused the confusion, the crumbling, so to speak, of this importance and almost honoring of the divine feminine? How do you think that came about Mm,
0: wow that's a deep question (laughs) well and of course i'm only speaking through my own experience and diving down those wormholes you know um you know there's uh there's many myths many stories many reasons why you know i do believe that there are many energies that are within the planet that don't necessarily uh favor human life um in its full expression. And so I, you know, I feel like it's, it's a power struggle. You know, it's a power struggle. Women or the feminine is a very uh, important source of power, of creation, of sovereignty and of life. And um, when we look back into some of these stories and, and and again, this is why it's so beautiful to go back and, and read some of the his her story, that's been his that's now history but you begin to see that um all these efforts to mute the feminine to to get rid of the the feminine you know and 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 probably the only reason why we're here is because of our wombs we're the source of life we're the source of birthing right you need us (laughs) you know in a way and now I don't know I've seen these AI uh wombs that are now in testing you know and so I really do believe that it's been a a war in suppression of the feminine. And I don't know exactly why, because, you know, but I do see the stories kind of they repeat the same thing. And this is through many different traditions and and beliefs, indigenous stories, um, that it's 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 this um, choking out of true human life, you know, of of uh, moving into more of that. um, It's almost like using our lifeblood as as the as the food for this evil and darkness and drama and and all of these things to keep us in in chaos and confusion, while a very few get to benefit from that, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's almost like, It's almost like really like a harvesting of our life force in many ways. And and I believe that when we really step into that commitment of sovereignty and to bring back and remember that true power, then we begin to awaken to we're not under this control. We're only under this control because We are unaware of it most of the time, or we believe that it holds a certain safety, or you know, but when we start to connect to that deeper self and 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 ask the different questions, that reality begins to crumble. And and I do believe, I I don't think that this is an overnight thing, even though, of course, I believe in miracles, but there is um in generationally, I do believe that we are at a place where. It can be very possible for us to begin to shift things into more of that life giving energy and essence, and which is why it feels so like that's not what's happening at all, you know, it feels dark and scary and, and as a woman understanding what birth is like, I know that when we are giving birth, it feels like we're dying, it feels like we won't make it through, it feels dark, and it feels alone, and all of those things, yet on the other side of that is life, on the other side of that is that sacred child, and so that's where I believe we are, we are in a birthing, in a rebirthing of humanity, and you know, for those of us who are called to be doulas of that work, I really do believe that that's what we're doing, you know, we're midwifing the souls into that remembrance, Mm -hmm. especially as in, in our feminine bodies.
1: Very beautiful. Again, going back to this embodiment, when somebody is in their, their feminine power, and they've embodied this remembrance of who they are in all of the ways, what does that look like in a realistic example of somebody walking around uh, versus somebody who who hasn't really woken up to that? What would the qualities be? So I would say that the quality is fulfillment.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think that a lot of people are looking for happiness. And that is a trap. (laughs) You know, I believe that, you know, certainly we can experience happiness. But really what um, what I find that is The difference is having that fulfillment, really feeling like you are walking that path. And that path can be raising your child. It can be, you know, being in your home. It can be being in the boardroom. It can be, again, because we're all called to different things. But the common thing within that would be that fulfillment, that aspect of feeling that you are serving that greater
1: uh, purpose that you are here to Mm -hmm. walk let's say somebody's in the boardroom and they're feeling fulfilled and they're, they, they've they they embodied this, this power that they have and they're on purpose and everybody feels it. It's just this radiating energy. Now let's talk about this woman B who is in the boardroom and she isn't in that place of fulfillment. What do you think the difference is? Well, I would
0: say that it would depend Maybe she's not meant to wake up to that. You know, maybe she is meant to live that out. And I do believe that uh, when we are meant to walk a different path, the questions always come. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so you couldn't have the fulfilled woman telling the other woman, like, no, you need to be this way. <laughs> because, but naturally, if that was meant for her, she would begin to ask the questions like, wait a minute, I love what I do, but there's still something missing, you know, and that typically is what tends to happen. Uh, Once you've achieved everything you can achieve, you know, there's this aspect of, oh, I abandoned this part of myself. I abandoned this aspect. And so there's kind of like that uh, invitation to come home again. Mm. And so I, you know, I wouldn't go around convincing people of like, no, no, but really you're not, you're not fulfilled. (laughs) Like I can see it. I can see it. Okay. You know, it would be more about just be, and again, you know, you, you understand this, that when we are in that fulfillment, we're in a different place of radiance and magnetism. And as a woman, you know, when you are that magnetic being, like people will are more open around you in that sense that, it's almost like an energetic conversation. You you don't have to talk about it, but it it does touch
1: something. And that's where the question can begin. I can relate to woman B and woman A, which yeah. is beautiful because when you are talking, it it makes sense to me. I'm just thinking of the people who, you know, are somewhere in between and sort of curious and not, and I think because we think that next thing is going to be the thing that creates that happiness or fulfillment or something, right? It's slower, it's a gentler switch. It's not this light switch. It's more of like, you know, the dimmer. It's more of like how the dimmer turns on and it's slow. And then you find that you're like, oh, oh, okay. This that's what it is. And it, it's increasing trust. It's increasing this place of feeling at home and whatever it is that created that safety and security for you to be able to like go, oh, okay, I'm ready to do it. Whether you it was the crying for four weeks or the job you hated or the relationship that failed, it's just something that often tips you over. And you find yourself saying, I just can't do that anymore. I'm just not going to allow that to happen anymore. Um, But it it brings me back to something that I heard you talk about yesterday when I was watching your Instagram live. And you were talking about how stress used to push you. Mm -hmm. And the difference between now, like how embodiment is really what allows you to create. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of entrepreneurship, and so I bet a lot of people can relate to how stress pushes them. Can you speak to that a little bit, maybe your experience or, you know, how you moved from stress pushing you to the process of embodiment? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so what I was talking about yesterday was that this, this aspect of when I was in, in real estate, cause I had a, my own real estate practice. And one of the things that I would often find myself doing was I would do really well and then sort of sabotage. So I could do really well again, you know, and I was in this roller coaster of, of like that stress felt like I was actually doing something, you know, and, and then what I came to realize was that, um, in a, through a crisis, because typically, and that's what you're speaking of, like something tips us over and, and we're kind of when we're just moving through life in that way, it's like crisis comes around and wants to wake you up and that's the opportunity, right? And I don't believe that's necessary now, Um, you know, more and more we can journey consciously instead of like getting smacked around Um, yet. So for me, that stress, it was a way of like getting things done. It was a survival mechanism, you know, of, of success. And what I find now is that the more that I began to um, go into this, what we're speaking of this embodiment process, what I realized was that I am now, I am now in a place where I feel so fulfilled with my work. I'm I'm not waking up like, okay, I gotta do all this stuff, you know, and and pushing myself and drinking 30 coffee so I can get through it, you know? Uh, But rather like, it's more about, You know, what am I going to serve today and moving from that place? And sometimes what I'm a disciple to is my own process. Sometimes I I feel like, you know, I need a day to day to recover and self-care, you know, so it's it's not a. like it was before, where it was like this race and this constant thing. And I am so much more efficient now. And see, this is the beauty of it, that I think that we can look around and see how nature also works this way. You know, it's it's all these different um, systems that are together, that are connected. It's an ecosystem, you know, that makes this happens here and it makes this happen over here. And so for me, it's no longer about the immediate result, but rather the process, the journey that I am walking and trusting that everything that I need is going to be provided. And anything above that is simply a a beautiful blessing that I get to partake and share in. And because of that, now my efficiency is so much better. The level of fulfillment has changed And, you know, one of the things that happens is that when you're in that place of fulfillment versus not, when you're just in a place of achievement, your decisions are different. You know, what you, the the things that you engage on are different. The things that you say yes and no to are different. And they're both vibrating at that same frequency. So if you're, if I'm in a place of fulfillment and I get an invitation to a project, um, you know, or like an example, like you invited me onto your podcast, you know, and, and so if I'm in that place of achievement, you know, it's going to be like, what am I going to get out of this? All of like the, the process is so different that it will actually create dissonance in our conversation versus when I'm in this place of fulfillment and, and I'm like, yes, let's let's collaborate. Let's see what is in here. Let's give your audience something to, you know, tickle their brains and their hearts and their wombs, And that for me feels more human, mm-hmm. it feels more true, and it's fulfilling. And, and the difference that I notice is at the end of the day, I am not in a bad mood, I'm not depleted, I'm not, I'm actually, you know, I'm tired, and I am like, ready to go to bed, but in such a good way, like where yeah. I can say, I left it all in the field today and now it's time to regenerate, you know, and and wake up tomorrow and serve all over
1: again. It's the intent behind it. I like that because especially with Instagram and all these social media platforms that tell you all your analytics, I'm like, I don't know if I want to (laughs) know, like, just can't I create and just go from there and see what happens with all the you know, they're telling me this is how many people listen to your podcast. And I guess on some level that's helpful, but you can start to become very like analytical with something Mm -hmm. that isn't intended to be. So yeah, I I can relate to what you're saying of like, do I go on this podcast? Is it going to be a waste of my time? And very ego driven. Like, what am I going to get out of it Mm -hmm. versus what can I share? What can I offer her audience? Even Mm -hmm. if even if it is during my favorite tv show i am still going to choose this because i actually want to share this with with the audience right yeah absolutely and you know and that's a that's a more feminine way of doing things where you're yeah. actually
0: placing your creative agency before all of the systems right and so the systems are are very helpful you know if we're going to be in business we've got to have systems and learn systems and do all that they can be helpful but it's always to remember that the systems are the banks to the river they are not the river itself Mm -hmm. and so the the flow is what's most important and so sometimes you know this is why at the at the beginning of my things you know I was like okay how am I going to give this like put out what am I even now you know it's like someone's like tell me exactly what I'm gonna get you know and I'm just like "Uh, I don't know what you're gonna get because everyone's different you know (laughs) and it's I'm a nightmare for business coaches and, and all of that and yet it's so important because I feel the because I honored that first and foremost now I'm able to to recognize the systems that can support that flow, you know, mm-hmm. because that I, I'm not compromising that, you know, and, and guess those some of those things work really well. Yeah, for me, they feel life sucking, you know, and, and I, I am not going to say yes to that, no matter how amazing it may be in the short term, because I'm more about I want to weave a life that feels rich, that feels connected, that feels good, you know? And, and, and so if that takes me longer, it takes me longer. I'm not in a rush, you know? If I, I'm exactly where I need to be. So, so there's an aspect of that, that it, it's almost like this trap of how things yeah. work, you know? But it, it's always remembering like, your creative agency comes first, because that's how you're going to attract your people. That's how you're going to magnetize people to you. You know, and sometimes I I say this, this year, I am uh, putting together uh, more systems into my work. But, you know, after it's like, what's your marketing thing? And I'm like, uh, by (laughs) alter. Divine mother is my, she, you know, she is my uh, marketing director, because what I do is, you know, I pray, I pray constantly i pray for the women that need to hear what i have to say to find me i pray for the strength to show up and be strong and speak the word that is truth and aligned and to be in integrity so i feel that naturally the people that find me you know they're they're magnetized and they and i have people tell me this all the time i had a dream about you or i was in meditation and i thought
1: of you you know and i'm just
0: like that's
1: my, that's my marketing director at work. (laughs) That is so funny because like, just because somebody has a system doesn't mean it's your system. And it, it, it can be very, um, intimidating to a lot of people when they start off in a business or entrepreneurship, like, Oh, I need to have this thing in place. It's like, Oh, now you've just derailed yourself. And it's, I really enjoyed at the beginning of our conversation, how you said, I see people from all, from all over, like in that you're like a business coach's disaster. I feel the same way when people are like, who's your demographic? I'm like, whoever wants to hear this, (laughs) like, I guess like maybe over time that can be refined, but it, it actually interrupts my flow when I start to do that too soon. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure there's a time and a place for it, but for right now, at least where I'm at, it's, it, that makes no sense for me to do that because I'm still finding certain legs and getting those under me to determine what that looks like, where, where that's going. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's that it's trusting that refinement process, you know, that
0: you're on because, The more that you trust that it may seem to someone else like you're taking long, you're not doing this, you're not. But actually slower is more efficient. You know, fast doesn't mean that it will work. You know, fast doesn't mean that um, it will it will over time be what you need. And so the more that we honor okay, this is the process, it is a little bit slower, but I'm more into depth than breadth at this point, you know, I'm developing the roots of my business, I'm nourishing that, that's so important, because the deeper your roots are, the, the greater and the sweeter the fruit is going to come, mm-hmm. whenever that is, you know, and, and so trusting that process is huge, because everyone is telling you, what to do, how to do it, you know, on Instagram, and and then you find yourself comparing, and you find yourself like, well, why is that person, that person, you know? I had one of my clients tell me, why did, this person started their journey six months ago and they're already here, and I'm still over here, you know? And but if this comparison thing is such a trap because we're all so unique, and the more that we focus on ourselves that's, that's really where you're going to find your rhythm and, and where you're going to refine your message. And, and because it is frequency, you know, it's not so much, that's what I say, like my words, they limit the message, you know, because they have to compress it into words that are strung together. Yeah. I trust that because I'm in integrity and I'm anchored in integrity constantly every day, asking myself, like, is this an integrity with my deeper truth? I trust that my voice is the frequency, not so much the content, you know, Mm -hmm. and so that's where that's where you really start to become that living transmission, you know, where you are the transmission everywhere you are going everywhere you are sharing, and you're not so worried about, you know, what ABCD is doing, because your own
1: is so unique to you. Right. Right. And some people might be called to doing things faster or, you know, in a way that doesn't feel as in alignment with, with mine, but just because they're doing something faster, or, I don't know, appearing to be more successful means really does mean nothing to me. And I, and it's always nice to have a reminder, um, from some other people who are experiencing the same thing and experience their own creative ebbs and flows and trust it. So I appreciate that. What is your number one piece of guidance that you could give to parents who are trying to raise children more in alignment with their mm. higher selves? So
0: good. So, I have a 16 year old <laughs> mm. that is uh, in his dragging years. It's what I call it. Um, dragon years? Yeah, his dragging years. Um, you know, parenting is such a, um, an initiation. And what I love about parenting, what I've come to really love about it is that it develops me in in so many ways that no other role ever could. And it also teaches me how to adapt to another human being, you know, how to become the guide and not the director of their lives, you know, and, and I believe children come through us. um, And I I love this poem by Khalil Gibran, you know, I'm sure you it's very popular, Of you know, children come through us, not for us. And, Uh, Since Abraham uh, was very little, you know, I made a commitment that I really wanted to support his journey and not impose mine, because that's what, you know, that's what I was really good at always impose, you know, I was very, I grew the way that I grew up was very different. And I didn't want him to experience that. And so for me was first the understanding of we're very different people, you know, even though he is in my home, and he is there's going to be times I'm not going to know who that person is. And I have to get to know that person, you know, and it's my job as the guide and the mature one, quote unquote, in the relationship to deepen in that and to learn patience and to learn to give them space to explore safely. And what I mean by that is that, you know, children naturally are going to push boundaries, they're naturally going to do that, because that that's what they're doing. They're learning, right, they're learning how to be in the world. And many times as parents, because of our desire and need um, to protect them, we end up actually putting them in bubbles that do not serve them. And so I feel for me, the most challenging thing has been to realize that, that whilst I can, I can, protect my child within my means. I also my job and my duty is to prepare him to be in a world that's not necessarily going to protect him. And so and you know, one of the things I tell my son is, you know, you're going to get heartbroken. That's a it's a given, you know, nothing's going to protect you from that. That's what you're here for you were born for this. <laughs> and, you know, he's like, okay, mom, thanks, you know, <laughs> and, I said, and you know, it's not about I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you about it. But just know that when that heartbreak comes, your mom's gonna be here for you in however you need me, you know, you're gonna get heartbroken, but it's how you move through it, that's gonna make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so I really believe that's why, you know, I, I talk about the mother being such a the most sacred duty on the planet really because it's raising these humans to go out into the world and so how are we preparing them to go out into the world that's a really huge piece and so many um and and i know in my culture um i'm from Me- mexico so what i see a lot of is like single moms um you know raising children raising boys and actually hurting them because they're giving these boys everything they think that they could have given a man, you know, or the, or everything that they're not getting from a man or, you know, it's so there's so much projection of our own needs and wants onto our children. And then we expect from them something because we're projecting our story. And so, so important to take responsibility for our own story and to know that they are here to live their own narrative And so and what we are here to do is guide them, you know, kind of uh, offer that container, that womb, be that womb space where they can develop these strengths so that when they are 18, 21, whatever, and they go out into the world, they're prepared for the world rather than get out there and be shocked that what is this world, you know. And so I, uh, I would say. Also, you know, one of the things that was so important for me is don't take anything personal, you know, because I think that that's a huge thing. Uh, As a parent, you know, you feel like I'm not a good parent. I'm not a good mom. Every time the the child gets upset or (laughs) or tells you they don't like you, you know, and learning how to just allow that, that that's okay. You're allowed to be in your emotions. and, And we will talk about this and we will address it. But so many of the times it's our own lack of emotional intelligence that doesn't give uh, the children the, the room to explore their, their own. Mm,
1: I love that. I mean, your son is so lucky to have you. And I continue to hear from each person that I interview a very similar sentiment let these children have their emotions. You added the exploration piece, which is new, something I hadn't heard from my guests before, something my sister and I talk a lot about. Um, But it is beautiful to see that the next generation of children does have a different influence on them. And things come in waves. The generations come and imprint on us because of evolution and what they were told and you know, their consciousness at the time. And so it's really fun to see that there, that there is hope for the next generation, because so many people are saying similar things than what you're, you're commenting on. Yeah.
0: And it's, and it's like that cultivating their creativity, right? Because I think that's one of the things that kind of gets sucked out. Um, I know for me, it was probably till I was 12. And then it was like creativity. What? No, you need to do this and this to be a successful, good human, you know, and, right. And so for me, it's always sometimes even in problem solving, I will look at him and he's like, what do you think? And I said, what do you think? Because I'm more conditioned than you are. You have more creative access. So why don't you give me some ideas?
1: (laughs) I love that. You have more creative access. I'm going to start saying that now. Like, no, 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 you have more creative access. I've been conditioned way longer. (laughs) And it really
0: is true, you know, so it's, it's also like, really creating that confidence that they have this creative impulse and agency and imagination to solve problems and not become the fixer for everything you know and and that's such a huge key because again I you know even for me it's like I want to fix things you know I'm like okay that's a problem I'm very solution oriented so it's like what's the solution and that's not what they're really needing. You know, our children need to learn how to make their own, so, how to come up with their own solutions. So, the more we can invite them into what do you think? What well, what would you do in that case? Or what do you think is right? How does that feel for you? Like when you think about that, how does that feel in your body? You know, these questions are so important because they're encouraging that autonomy, that sovereignty, that we end up paying thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> to have someone tell us,
1: <laughs> right. To decondition us from that. Oh, exactly. it's so beautiful. So what resources do you have for people who are interested in learning more specifically about you and what you do?
0: So right now, um, really what I do is uh, live workshops. Um, I have a retreat coming up with um, a womb embodiment embodied womb retreat, which we dive deep into all of the womb work. Um, and then I offer one-on-one mentorships uh, and those are containers of four months right now. And I am currently working on a lot of um, uh, offerings that I've had that I've put out before uh, groups, you know, that I've done. So I'm compiling everything and it's going to be available online this year. So that's one of the systems that I am (laughs) implementing now. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm ready for that. I am uh, putting out my YouTube channel as well. So that'll be, you know, more informative or like little bits and pieces of things that people can uh, dive into. And my social media really is really where I'm most active. My Instagram account uh, where my writings and stories and I share, you know, more of, of me and and that deeper sense. So you can go on my website and explore that as well for now. But it's also being all updated.
1: Awesome. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we say good, our goodbyes? Oh
0: gosh. Well, we we've shared so much. We I have. So, we have. <laughs> I feel so lit up.
1: Good. Good. Thank
0: you so much. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. 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 And you know, I I would say, well, thank you for having me on here. Absolutely. And this chat. It's always so beautiful to dive into these conversations, and for for the audience, for people tuning in, I would just say just. get curious, you know, get curious on what, what, what are you here to do? You know, what lights you up? Get curious about what would bring you more fulfillment? Mm -hmm. You know, what would move you into more joy? What are the stories that are just, you're sick of that you're, that they're outdated and heavy and weighing you down and, and really begin to get curious about how to tap into that higher consciousness and, and, and begin that expansion because, we are just infinite potential, you know, and, and, and our potential matches our courage. There's just so much th- that sometimes for me, I just feel like it's I am sad that some people will not get to experience their own beauty and their own potential because they were too afraid to ask the question or to take the step. So I really encourage you just go for
1: it. Well, thank you. It was so insightful. Thank you, Gina. Okay, guys, I have to ask you, did you feel like lit up and activated in the same way that I did? I was recording that interview and I remember just feeling in flow, like all of my energy centers in my body were just open and activated. And when I left that interview, I was just like blibber blabbering to my husband afterwards and even when I was editing the episode. So if you did feel activated, I'd love to know. Reach out to me on Instagram or email me. I've linked everything in the show notes. But before we leave, I wanted to reiterate a lot of her parenting takeaways. She had a lot to say and I thought there was so much in it. So normally I like to keep it brief to like two or three points, but I have like four of them. Uh, The first thing Annabelle mentioned is be the guide of our children and not the director of their life. Because when we really start thinking about what we're doing as parents is we're preparing our children to go into the world. So yes, we protect our children when it's within our means, but it's more important to prepare our children to be in a world that's not necessarily there to protect them. So teaching them how to move through setbacks, right? That's the difference in how somebody is able to deal with the pain and these setbacks versus somebody who doesn't know how to handle that. Um, Another thing she mentioned is really we need to stop projecting our story onto our children. Take responsibility for our own story. They're here to live through their own narrative, and we're just simply here to guide them. And she, I loved how she said, kids have just more creative access, right? When you think of when you're a kid, you're just all these ideas, and everything just flows so much more. So we need to help them lean into their creativity. We need to help them learn how to come up with their own solutions. So rather than always being the fix it, even if we think we know, we should start asking them like, what do you think is right? How does that feel for you in your body? And what would you do? That helps them take more responsibility, control, and gives them more confidence in how they're moving through their own life. All right. That is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed and I will talk with you next week. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope the School of Higher Consciousness helps fan that flame inside, bringing you closer in alignment to self. If you enjoyed this podcast or got you thinking a little differently, I would love if you reviewed the podcast or shared it with a friend any support helps right now as I journey into this newfound platform of podcasting and obviously giving it a five stars. I wish you ease and joy as you move through your day.